good afternoon. Greetings from uh, Diego Garcia. It's been a few weeks. I've kind of been slacking. But, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. Uh, I, I do have some shit to talk about today. We are going to take a complete left turn. Uh, maybe. We might do a U-turn. Who knows? But, uh, so I've been on this ship now for about a month. And on a ship, you have coffee time. It's generally 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And everybody will kind of gather together in the control room, whoever's working in the engine room at the time, and spend 20 to 30 minutes shooting this shit. If a very interesting conversation, uh, you know, organically happens, then we may stretch coffee time, depending upon the situation. But we had coffee the other day, and we all started talking about the crazy people we meet, or we've met, on ships and trading stories, and some of them were pretty funny, and I figured I'd share them with you. I think, um, for those that don't know, I went to a, a Maritime Academy, meaning I went to a school that teaches you how to operate ships. So you're either in the engine room, or... You're on the bridge driving the ship, and uh, I'm on the engineering side, so I'm in the engine room. But uh, <clears throat> a ship is a very, very strange place. I tell people being on a ship's like being in jail with a chance of drowning. Um, you quickly become institutionalized. Uh, your life very much becomes a routine, and that's a good thing. That's what makes time go by nice and fast, which is what you want. So, um, you just get in the groove and wake up, go to work, eat your meals, go to sleep, and just repeat it. And if you do it right, one day will blend into the next. And um, there's certain markers that kind of like let you know what day of the week it is and whatnot. And the biggest ones, well, we got three on the ship. One's Taco Tuesday. So, every Tuesday at lunch, they make tacos, and they're, they're pretty good. And food's a big deal on a ship because it's kind of like the only thing that you have to break up any break up the routine. A really good meal is a big deal. So Taco Tuesday, um, Saturday's Cheeseburger Day, and Sunday is generally like a day where you take care of like some safety items. You run the lifeboats, and everybody kind of has their own deal. You test batteries and this bullshit. So. Um, once you get in the groove, like those Sundays, it seems like they happen about every two or three days. And that's good. That means time's going by fast. and That's what you want because you just want to get home as quickly as possible. And when you're home, enjoy yourself and make that time draw out as slow as possible. And that's the name of the game. But anyway, me and, me and the guys in the engine room, we're sitting in the control room where we start talking. And evidently, there was this guy on the ship that I'm on now. Uh, kind of recently, and he was a big boy. Uh, I don't know how big. I never saw him. I never met him. But he was so big that evidently he could not wipe his own ass. And uh, so evidently his solution to that problem was he would take a towel and have one hand in the front of his body and one hand in the back and string the towel between his ass cheeks 
like dental floss and work it back and forth to clean the poo-poo off his butt. Now that's pretty fucking gross. However, the really gross thing was how everybody found out about this is because when the motherfucker left the ship, they went into his room and it stunk really bad. And so the captain told a certain member of the crew, hey, you know, go in there and give that thing a thorough cleaning so it's, you know, habitable for a human being, please. So this guy's in there cleaning the room and opens up her drawer. And the drawer is stuffed full of shit-covered towels. This motherfucker had not only wiped his ass with a towel like dental floss, but when he was done, he just shoved the towel in a drawer and rolled on. Didn't even bother throwing the motherfuckers away. Um, I think it was the same dude. Maybe not. I may be getting people mixed up, but there evidently there was another guy on the ship that did not pee in his toilet for some reason. And all of a sudden, they found bottles of piss in a trash can, and it was in the galley where they fix food, that trash can. They figured out who was doing it, and they're like, hey, motherfucker, you can't, you can't do this. This is nasty. So he said, okay. So then, maybe a week later... A trash can on the deck below, which is also a food-serving trash can. It's another. It's a trash can that's in a kind of like it's not the galley where they cook the food, but um, it's where food gets served. Anyway, so the guy figured they told him it was nasty, and so he decided that oh, it was just that trash can. He legitimately did not see the problem of peeing in bottles. And why the fuck was he peeing in bottles? That's a crazy thing. Like, when you get on a ship, there are some wild-ass people out here because uh, my theory is this is, like, one of those jobs. Really, there's not a lot of people that want to do this job because you're gone for long periods of time, and it sucks. Um, you get paid good money to do it. However, you know, we all know money is not everything. So a lot of people, for them to disappear for a long periods of time... Um, it, yeah, it's not worth it. It gets to them. And, and, and that's a mindset thing. Um, I think I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing. I think that's the term. Once I get on a ship, I just know I'm there on the ship and I kind of block out the world. I might send messages to people, this and that, but I don't really spend a lot of time like moping about what I'm missing or thinking about what I'm missing. I just, you know, just concentrate on what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing and make one day fucking disappear as quickly as possible but anyway yeah if you uh struggle like socially you know you have trouble holding down a regular job the thing about this industry is you can we were talking the other again there was another guy he had been fired from 40 different ships now you're working through a union so you go to a ship you stay there for a couple of weeks, whatever, until they get sick of you, and then they fire you. And it's a big, it's hard to get fired from a ship. Um, you have really got to be a work, I mean, like a really worthless piece of shit. Um, they do not ask a lot of you out here. I mean, depending upon what your position is, of course, if you're like captain or chief engineer or whatever, but, you know, the lower positions, man, it, it, as long as you show up and you put in, 
minimal effort, and I mean minimal fucking effort, you're fine. So to get fired from 40 ships, like this guy was like certifiable, certifiable psychopath. No, no doubt in my mind. Um, and there was another, <laughs> this guy, there, there was a position on the ship called steward and the steward's job is to make the menu order food. Um, he doesn't, there, there's a steward, a cook and a steward's assistant. So the steward is in charge. Like I said, he, he orders the food. He makes the menu. Um, the cook obviously cooks and the steward's assistant, um, you know, it was kind of like cleans dishes, put shit away, blah, blah, blah. He's like the workhorse of that department. But this one particular steward, another big boy, um, easily over three bills, uh, he was at home and he got sick. He got violently ill, felt like he was going to die, and admitted himself to the hospital. And upon doing his blood work, for a short period, the hospital came to the conclusion that he had leukemia. That's how out of whack his blood work was. Turns out, however, within short order, they figured out he did not have leukemia. What had happened to this individual is he had gone to Costco and bought like a 48-pack of Snickers bars and ate nothing but Snickers for about three days straight. He ate all 48 Snickers. And <laughs> that fucked up his blood work in him so bad <laughs> that health professionals thought he had leukemia. <laughs> and I got to thinking, like, what's psychologically wrong with this person? Because I like Snickers. That's a delicious candy bar. After about three or four, I'm, I'm done. Like, it's time to eat something else. This wasn't a bet. No one was making this man eat 48 Snickers. He did this on his own. And then was allowed to just live among us, amongst us, like a normal fucking human being with a fully functioning brain, which he certainly does not fucking have. Um, and then there's another story. And this guy, he was a chief engineer. And evidently he, uh, he, he's kind of a pervert. And I don't even know if pervert's the right word. But from uh, the accounts of his activities, basically, he was uh, really infatuated with women. And there was a third engineer that came upon this ship. And I guess she was attractive. And uh, this motherfucker kind of, like, lost his mind. He, like, um, evidently didn't make her work and would have her come get off the ship with him and take her out drinking and whatever else. And, and nothing ever happened between her and the first engineer. However, uh, this third engineer did start sleeping with the first engineer and the chief engineer got caught on the bridge with a fishing pole with a digital camera attached to the fishing pole. And he had lowered the camera. I guess he had set a timer or something for the fucking for the camera to go off. 
lowered the camera to the first engineer's window to try to get a picture of them two having sex. Um, not for blackmail purposes. I think this is like solely, purely like personal entertainment. Keep in mind, I said this guy was the chief engineer of a ship. That means he is in charge and responsible for all machinery. Um, ships aren't cheap. You're talking about, you know, $100 million investment. And the guy that's mechanically or responsible for all the, <laughs> for all the machinery on that ship is so fucked up in the head that he's lowering a digital camera with a fishing pole trying to get a picture of two people having sex on the ship. Evidently, the flash went off, which notified the first engineer and the third engineer that something was amiss. And, uh, yeah, he got caught. Um, interestingly enough, did not lose his job, which is another mind-blowing thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, evidently, there's a big kind of a there was a big scandal at my college um, because half of your sophomore and half of your junior year, you go out to sea, and there's been multiple cases of um, young women going out to sea, and you know some bad shit happening, um, sexual assault, sexual harassment, and whatever else. Um, I don't really know the proper solution to that because once you come out here and you realize the type of people that you're dealing with, I don't really know that there's a solution to that. But, I mean, obviously you can fire them, but um, there's only so many people that know how to do this job. Um, the license required to do this job is not an easy one to obtain, and there's not that many people walking around with that license. So if you have that license, you, somebody will hire you. It's a, like you, You're not going to be out of work. Even if you're so fuckingly fuck, fucked up in the head that you would uh, put a digital camera on a fishing pole and lower it down 40 feet to try to get a picture of two people fucking through a window. Anyway, um, the people I'm on the ship with right now are all pretty normal. They're pretty sedate. Um, but, yeah, you meet some characters out here, no doubt. So I thought I'd share that shit with you. I thought the Snickers... The Snickers incident was was really, really fucking hilarious. The fact that they thought he had leukemia. And it wasn't a bet. It wasn't like somebody dared him to live off Snickers. He voluntarily lived off Snickers for three fucking days. And this is the guy that's in charge of all the food for the entire fucking ship. So you can only imagine the quality of meals being served. I bitched about that before. On a little bit more serious note, I'm going to talk about hypocrisy for a second. Evidently, in Tennessee, uh, which is a very conservative state, um, it's pretty fucking red. <clears throat> um, I live in Memphis, which is obviously a larger city, so um, local politics are pretty, let's say, left-leaning. But the state as a whole... Uh, it's pretty goddamn conservative. There's a lot of fucking backwards people in the state of Tennessee. If you're from there, hey, own it, motherfucker. I moved there voluntarily, so I'm not bitching about the state. I'm just, it is what it is. But evidently, the state legislature, uh, it was brought to their attention the danger that drag shows pose to the youth of America 
And the legislature, in their infinite wisdom, I guess has passed a law that basically makes it illegal for drag shows to be performed in any place where a minor can be present. And the way they accomplish that is to require the establishment to have the same license that you would need for a strip club, which also, from what I'm told, I haven't done my research, from what I've told, what I've been told, um, that also, um, you can't have a liquor license and the strip club license at the same time. So it must be like an all nude thing because anybody that's been to strip clubs, most of them, you know, if they're like have something on, you can buy alcohol. But the ones that are all nude, it's not uncommon for there to be, they don't sell alcohol. You got to bring your own. So I have a friend that does drag shows and he does a thing or she, he, she, whatever. Um, he does drag shows it's drag bingo and um it's a good time you know it's bingo she gives away prizes um for each round and um kind of puts on a show it's very entertaining but it's done in the lobby of this hotel and my friend can't do it anymore because of this law and that sucks and um I kind of put the word out to my people in Memphis, like, hey, this is uh, my friend's last show. If y'all could go and show them some support, I'd appreciate it. There was no political slant to my... I was just notifying them of the show. But this other friend of mine, who's pretty conservative, and, you know, whatever, pretty involved in the church and kind of religious and whatever... She came back with, uh, you know, she thought that my friend was like moving or something. That's why it was their last show. And I said, no, Tennessee passed a law that, you know, pretty much ends drag shows. And evidently she had been uh, informed from the right side of that argument. She said, well, you know, some very offensive things had taken place. She had seen some videos of some very, uh, whatever, offensive behavior being done by drag queens during drag shows with kids present. One she specifically stated was, I guess, and this is hearsay, I don't know that this actually happened, but evidently the drag queen like held a microphone up to their um, pelvic area like it was their dick and stuck it in some kid's face and wanted the kid to talk into the microphone. Which I think all of us can agree is uh, offensive and over the top and uncalled for and inappropriate. But I don't know how many drag shows y'all been to and I can't call myself a drag show connoisseur, but I've been to enough and I haven't seen anything like that. Um, I haven't seen anything that warrants legislation protecting kids. Um, But it did hit me. You know, if we want to protect kids, there's a lot of other shit we could shut down that would protect kids 
it'd be far more effective than drag shows. I don't know how many kids have been assaulted at a drag show, but I don't think any. I'm sure it would make the news if it had happened. However, I'm aware of quite a few incidences within the church, and no one seems to have a problem with that. I don't see any legislation um, prohibiting a minor from being alone with a priest, but it would seem to me that that would be statistically far more effective at protecting kids than shutting down drag shows. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, it seems like we've gotten a little fucked up here lately. But it just sucks because my friend really enjoys doing it. And I hate it for them that they can no longer perform. And I kind of like want to tell them like, hey, move. Get the fuck out of here. And then it also hit me like as polarized as this, our society's becoming. Like if we all do that, like everybody that thinks one way moves to another place and uh, we're just going to get more and more and more polarized and I don't know I don't really see a solution I don't have a fucking point other than a hell of a lot more kids have been molested in church and they have at drag shows I didn't see anybody I didn't see the religious right uh, making a big deal of that as a matter of fact uh, a lot of them swept that shit under the fucking rug and I don't know it just grinds my fucking gears all right, well, y'all don't know it, but I've taken quite a break. Uh, exchanged some messages with people in the real world and been sitting here drinking Coors Light, also known as CL Smooth, um, and smoking Newports, listening to the ocean. I'm fucking living, son. Um, a couple of thoughts occurred to me while I was zoned out for the last hour and a half or whatever the fuck, I don't know. One is old people. They kind of fucking, it shocks the fuck out of me that you can get to be like, say 65, 70. Man, you're, you don't have a lot of time. Like any day should be cherished, you know, like. You would think, you know, that you have this, like, midlife crisis. Does anybody else find it fucking strange that no one has an end-of-the-life crisis? Like, you know, they made it to 75, they're in halfway decent health, and they're like, man, fuck, it's time to fucking get wild. And, like, really let loose. Like, literally, you have nothing left to lose. Like, what do you got, five years left? You know? Or, you know, whatever. Um... You can't take your money with you. You would think this, like, it would set in, like, hey, god damn it, I've been fucking around, there's a bunch of shit I haven't done. But no one fucking goes crazy when they get old. I don't know, I just, I've just been sitting here thinking about that, and I find it kind of fucking odd. I've always said, uh, like, I don't, I don't really condone hard drug use however um man if i get to like 75 it might be time to throw down you know try some shit that um i've always been hesitant to try like drugs drugs a just because you know uh they generally do not make anybody's life better 
but also I don't want to die like not knowing what it would be like to shoot up heroin, for instance. Um, I'm not going to try it now because I'll probably like it too much and I won't be able to stop. But if I'm fucking 75, fuck it. And why is, um, I don't know, it just seems like there should be a bunch of like elderly people, the end of their lives, just wild. They sh- that should be the wildest fucking demographic on earth, you know? They, you talk about people that don't give a fuck. They should truly not give a fuck. They should be the funnest people to hang out with. I mean, they should have, like, tons of life experiences, stories, and it's just not the case. And I don't, I got to put some thought into this. I don't really know why. Um, but it's kind of sad. Um, so that was, like, one thing I was thinking about. And the other, oh, yeah, the other had to do, that's just very simple. Um, obviously you can hear the sound of the surf. It's high tide. There's surf's kind of up. So there's like some waves breaking against the pier. And, uh, I've just been sitting here like enjoying the sound of the surf for like the last hour and a half. There's a bunch of birds flying around. They're picking shit up out the water. I think they're making nests because it's not food. They're like picking up sticks and shit. And, um, I've been trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing. That might just be fucking with me but anyway um it occurred to me that i don't think anybody has ever uttered the words i hate the sound of the surf and uh i find that kind of unusual as well um i know this has been kind of a not a usual podcast or whatever i don't know I don't give a fuck what anybody's expecting. You get what you get. Um, but I hopefully hope I hope I was entertaining. And fuck if not, don't listen to the next one. But man, you never know when shit's about to pop off. So I mean whatever. If you're in it, you're in it. I think I'm better better than Rush Limbaugh. And uh this dude in the engine room. It's a young black guy. He asked me the other day if I was a fan of Bill O'Reilly. And I just looked him straight in the eyes. And I was like, you're basically asking me if I'm a racist, aren't you? And he just laughed. And it had something to do with like one of his friend's dad. I reminded him of his friend's dad. And his friend's dad was a fan of Bill O'Reilly. And I tried not to be offended. But I got to admit, yeah, I was a little, I was a little offended. But it is what it is. You know, what, what am I going to, what, what are you going to do? Um, I guess I need to work on my public image. Anyway, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. And fucking good luck, boys and girls. Do your best.